Welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with local churches across the UK. We aim to grow hope for children through the provision of free therapy clinics, hope for families through groups for parents, carers and siblings to connect and talk about their experiences, and hope in Jesus through the opportunity to pray and be supported to access church if this is something families would like to do. This podcast is a series of conversations with individuals who have experience of additional needs and disability. Whether you share their experience or are here to learn, welcome to the conversation. Hello, welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. My name's Naomi. I'm the founder and CEO of Growing Hope, and I'm also an occupational therapist. So I look at all the things children do every day, what they find difficult, and how I can help make it easier. And I'm joined by Mark, uh, co-host this season. Uh, Mark, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, thanks, Naomi. Yeah, I'm Mark Arnold. I'm the Additional Needs Ministry Director at Urban Saints. Uh, I'm the co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance. More of that to come shortly. Uh, And I write as the Additional Needs Blog Father. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark. And today's topic is all about public accessibility and inclusion. And is there anything that particularly is standing out to you about today's topic, Mark? Oh, it's such a huge topic, isn't it? It's mm. so uh, so important uh, that we are uh, being able to chat about that uh, on this session. And I think just as um, so many people with additional needs and disabilities have found all the lockdowns really hard, as lockdowns ease and as things start to open up, there's a real risk that accessibility and inclusion are going to be compromised as mm. a, a result of, of the changes that are being put in place to, to make uh, the, the lockdown ease happen. So, yeah, you know, there's a real risk that, that the struggles of the last year for a lot of disabled people will continue into the future. And so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, to uh, have some uh, great input and some thought about that today. And mm. it's it's brilliant that we're joined today uh, by our good friend Kay Morgan Gurr. Um, Kay is the founder of the Additional Needs Alliance uh, alongside me uh, and uh, the current chair of Children Matter. Uh, She's also the Disability Advisor to Spring Harvest and serves on the Evangelical Alliance Council. Um, She wears many other hats too um, and uh, would describe herself as an advocate for anyone who has a disability or additional need, which is a brilliant place to be. Uh, Kay is a wheelchair user herself and has a visual impairment and Kay, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on the podcast today. A really big welcome uh, from both of us. Uh, tell us tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, anything else that you want to add to, to what I've just been saying, and also what this topic that we're looking at today of public accessibility inclusion means to you. What are some of the sort of core things that that, that says to you? Well, actually, I was just thinking it must bring quite a picture to the mind, um, saying that I'm a wheelchair user and visually impaired. (laughs) Yes. It sounds dangerous, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think anybody that knows you knows that there's danger there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, my visual impairment is uh, a strange one because I have really good long vision so I can see where I'm going. <laughs> good news. Um, yeah, it just affects me in the way I see things, the way I read, and it causes pain when I read. So if you do meet me, I'm actually quite safe. So, so if anybody sees you heading towards them uh, and you're using your wheelchair at the time, um, then yeah. they're quite safe. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, I live in the Midlands. I'm married to the lovely Steve, two stepsons. Uh, generally just plodding on with life as you do mm. so, and in inclusion has been something that i've been involved with for many many years even before i became disabled myself yeah. so yeah i used to help on a camp for children that had disabilities and i could see that the problems were enormous when we helped them mm. get out and about try to get into gift shops in Barmouth and that sort of thing. It yeah. was just a nightmare. And you know those moments where you have a big argument with yourself about how unfair it is for the kids and then you mm. feel this big arrow pointing down at you? Yes. I, I had that moment. Yeah. Um, I was only 14 and from that point I trained as a nurse um, so that I could do more and I could understand more. I was trained in general children's work in a faith setting so that I could actually earn the right to speak louder about people with disabilities and additional needs. Amazing. And and I mean, that, that, it's really important, I think, that you were 14 when that, that key moment came. And so often there's a perception that, you know, you need to be a, a grown up to make a difference in the world. Uh, but actually, you know, in your case and you know, lots of others, uh, young people can really make a difference too can't they oh absolutely anywhere even if it's just shouting from the rooftops to say actually we should be doing more we should be helping more we should make this world far more accessible than it is mm. yeah and and i think do you do you think uh that that young people uh, get disability and additional needs better than um than older uh, folk or do you think it's it, it's pretty much the same across the age range uh, it's a difficult one to to answer really because <clears throat> i've come across young people that are absolutely on fire about changing the world and especially in this area uh, but i've also met children and young people that will rather cross to the other side of the road than speak to a disabled person. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I so have it's... little ways of making sure that children are not scared of me in my wheelchair. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'd love to know, um, I mean, you have so much wisdom, Kane. It's brilliant having you here with us uh, this morning. Could you give us a bit of a story about uh, public accessibility and inclusion? I mean, I'll let you choose your story and then I might ask some, some more questions after that. If I can tell a story about myself. Absolutely. Mm. I've got a couple that would actually come across quite well, I think. Brilliant. Um, I have to travel on a train a lot. Well, before COVID anyway. Yeah. And I travel into London from the Midlands and it's only one train service that head there. They only have two wheelchair spaces on the train. So if I'm needing to travel at work times, which I usually do, I can't get on mm. unless I've spent 
couple of hours on the phone giving 24 to 48 hours notice. Gosh. Um, on this particular day, I got onto the train and as usual, there were suitcases in the wheelchair space. Mm -hmm. The assistant came on and said, can the people with the suitcases in the wheelchair space move them? We have a wheelchair on board. Gosh. Mm. To which I responded, and there is a person sitting in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> which broke the ice and actually made everybody laugh. So, you know, I didn't mm. offend anybody with that. Yeah. But at the same time, one of the people that moved their case ended up standing there with their case glaring at me, hoping that I would disappear. Mm. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> so the story continues that when I actually pulled into St Pancras station, I had been forgotten. Oh. So I was sitting there and they're about to lock the doors. Oh no. Now, there's a little thing that disabled people are allowed to do without being fined. We can push the alarm button. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. <So I> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was rescued with much apologies money taken off the next ticket and all that sort of thing. I will yeah. say that that particular train line is reasonably good on a regular basis. Mm. But that really sums up my life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sounds frustrating, Kay. What, I mean, it's, you know, obviously up to you how much you want to share. When you say it sums up your life, how does that feel for you? Um, it depends on the day. I, I'm usually a, a fairly happy ploddy sort of person and you just take it in your stride and just go well the world just isn't accessible mm. if I'd have had a particularly bad day and I have had that um I would get really really angry about it but I don't speak it out I internalize it which isn't good for me yeah mm. but then I'll spill it out into an email yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? Um, I think I'm most frustrated when I've actually rung up all the different places and said, is it accessible? Yes, we've got a lift. Yes, we can make sure that everything works for you. Yeah, the meeting's in the basement, but we actually have a stair lift that will get you down there. Mm. And I've arrived at one meeting that said that what they didn't tell me was that the toilet was actually at the top of the stairs without a stair lift, so they could get me down into the basement. Oh, no. Um, you weren't allowed to go to the loo. You, you couldn't have it <laughs> go to the loo. Oh. No, so I raised this and I said, well, you can come back up to reception to the loo there, but they wouldn't let me use the platform lift on my own and they wouldn't let me use the normal lift on my own. Oh, so gosh. I had to plan in advance if I wanted the loo, I had to ring from the base of the stairs saying, please, miss, I want to go to the toilet. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so, so embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this is a story that many disabled people can tell time after time when they've arrived at a building. And, you know, there was a lovely one on Twitter yesterday. Well, she rang to see if the, there was a lift. Yes, there is a lift. She arrived. It wasn't working. And the receptionist said, Oh, I didn't know you actually needed it to be working. Oh. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so frustrating. Crazy, yeah. So, you know, in the public space, accessibility is pretty awful. Mm. Yeah. With a few lovely exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 
it would be great as well to hear hear maybe some of the the positive stories as well so that um yeah, yeah. so can you give us uh, yeah any stories where you've seen accessibility and inclusion work really well and or um yeah and also of other people's experiences of accessibility perhaps with other disabilities or needs uh, yeah everything has gone online and i was just hearing from a family yesterday where their daughter joined an online youth group mm. um, having been rejected from her previous youth group because of her disabilities mm. um, she's on the autistic spectrum she has quite a few different issues alongside that yeah um, i i don't like the word issues because a person is a person yeah mm. um but they changed something one week so she sent them an email, explained the problems, and by the next week they had changed everything. They explained what was going to happen. They even said, we want this to be accessible to people who have multi, you know, the, the sensory sort of issues. Yeah. Um, so it changed things. They didn't mention her name. They didn't say she'd emailed in. They just said, we had an email and we have acted on it. And it That's made cool. her day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i can imagine that's brilliant yeah that's, yeah and, and it's great to to celebrate those uh th those good times like that isn't it you know that that good practice is there but rare uh but yeah great to be able to uh to sort of share the the positive stories as well isn't it mm. oh yes yes yeah. uh, kay if, if if you if you were stood uh, now, in, in that field with your 14-year-old self, uh, and, uh, and now, you know, you can sort of reflect on your, your journey so far, is is there sort of one thing that perhaps you'd do differently or one thing that you've learned that, that you would uh, tell your 14-year-old self, uh, you know, is, is there a, a, maybe something you'd do differently uh, now uh, that that your journey has taught you? Uh, over the the time since that fourteen year old was uh, just called to to make a difference. Yeah, I, as a fourteen year old, I didn't know I was going to become disabled, mm. um, even though I had the disability at the time. It hadn't been diagnosed, so I would say, don't be afraid about what's what's to come. Mm. Mm. The first thing yeah. I say to myself, and then tell myself to remind me frequently that pride is a killer mm. yeah yeah i delayed good. using a wheelchair for longer than i should have done yeah because of pride mm. i wouldn't say to people how bad things were because of pride because it made mm. me look bad and look as if i can't do my job mm. and when people have offered help i've said no we're fine and actually we weren't fine and we could have done with that help yeah. So don't be proud and don't be afraid. Mm, that's, that's really good thoughts, really good thoughts. And I just wonder if that that sense of pride was, uh, you know, linking in with, with this topic of uh, accessibility and inclusion, that, that sense that, you know, you were saying that you, you, know, you, you were worried that people would think you couldn't do your job. And, you know, again, it's, it sort of speaks to the, the public perception of disability, doesn't it, that a disabled person mm. is not not able to do a range of different things that that absolutely they are um, but there's a, a, a sort of public barrier to break through uh, of perception uh, in, yeah. in order to, uh, to, to to get there 
Yeah, I've seen that upfront and personal. You know, I go to a conference as the speaker. Yeah. And I'm not let in because the speaker hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> and quite often I will string them along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And only when I'm thinking, actually, I really do need to set up, I go, actually, I am the speaker. Yeah, let me set up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've had quite a few instances like that. And you know, getting on a train, my husband takes me, he accompanies me down to the train and then dumps me on the train, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Um, lovingly, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the assistance people, you can see the colour drain from their face when they realise Steve isn't going with me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then comes the awkward conversation oh are you going shopping are you going to see a show no actually I've got three meetings today and I'm chairing two of them yeah yeah and they are so shocked yeah yeah there's uh, still a lot of perception to change isn't there and you know you would think even that folk that are you know responsible for um assistance you know at railway stations and so on would meet lots of disabled people and, and would improve their perception but it doesn't sound yeah. as though that's the case in, in in every in every case no and yet in london i find more people understanding you know i drive my wheelchair to the office i need to go and work in most and people will acknowledge me. They will be kind. They don't put me down. Yeah. If they see there's a problem, they'll say, can I help? They don't grab and move me. They ask. Mm. Yeah. Whereas in my own town, you know, I get stared at. You know, what is unusual about somebody in a wheelchair? There's lots of us in the town I live in, but mm. I still get stared at. So, <laughs> Yeah. And it's that um, there's there's just so many perceptions to kind of adjust, aren't there? And um, I think, yeah, it'd be really great to hear from you, Kay, what you're, for people facing similar challenges or perhaps for people maybe for the first time thinking, mm, I wonder what my perception actually is of disability or is of accessibility and inclusion. Um, what would your top three pieces of advice be for those, for, for anybody who's listening? Uh, talk to people with disabilities. Yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> advice. Um, yeah. Yeah. R- remember that everybody with a disability is completely different. Yeah. So most people, according to scope, think disability is wheelchair. Mm. Yes. And there are thousands of disabilities out there that are not wheelchair, many of which can't be seen. Yeah. So find out what is meant by disability. Drop in on Twitter with Disability Twitter and you will find all sorts of things. So look for the hashtag ableism. Yeah. Mm. And you'll find, um, you will have to excuse some of the language on that thread, but I understand why that language is being used. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of it is actually really funny. Yeah. (laughs) But it would (laughs) teach a lesson. And if you want to do something, go somewhere on social media. So if you're thinking about learning more about autism, hashtag actually autistic and say, I'm looking for advice on this. What would you tell me? So you're actually talking to actually autistic people rather than 
people that would set themselves up as a professional. Now, there are great professionals out there, but there are also an awful lot of quacks. So you need to speak to people that know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's that's really helpful, and uh, and I think yeah, absolutely right to 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 learn from people who have that disability themselves. There's no better way, is there, of of oh. understanding uh, the the um, you know the. The challenges that, that they face in uh, public places with accessibility and inclusion, um, but also, you know, how they um, manage those situations themselves, and 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 mm. how we all can put things in place to to make uh, public spaces uh, more accessible and inclusive for for everyone. I think looking at you know accessibility, like you were saying, Kay, so many needs that people have are unseen or you know people wouldn't necessarily know that they're there and I know at Growing Hope when we talk about additional needs we talk about additional needs as being really wide ranging so it could be a physical need it could be a learning need it could be a mental health need it could be something undiagnosed but anything that impacts on someone being able to do the things that they want to be able to do day to day and can be seen as a need which you know can have a, an impact on their life and and that's something that we can be thinking about in terms of accessibility and and inclusion do you have any um you know practically what do you think as well as like finding out and asking people are there other things people can be doing um that that can make a difference to accessibility and inclusion just in their own communities or uh, in the places they're working in that kind of thing um, I'm going to use a very unpolitically correct phrase now and say become a disability terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right. Um, so if you're going into work and you see something that wouldn't be accessible, point it out. Yeah. Um, if your workplace hasn't got anybody with disabilities, ask why. Yeah. Because it will be in the employment inclusion policy, but usually it's not actually put into action. Mm. Um, if you're in a shop and you see something that a wheelchair wouldn't get through just say this wouldn't be very good Mm. or say to a place where they've always got loud music do you have an autistic friendly hour where you're not playing the music yeah Mm. so you're making suggestions you're commenting but if you're going to do that I know I said disability terrorist but you can do it in a very polite and nice way yeah yeah. Uh, being rude is my last resort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but sometimes a necessary one, I suppose. Absolutely. Yes, I yeah. have had to be rude on occasion. Mm. Yeah. Um, Kay, you've already given us some great suggestions of places that people can look to find out more, get more information, you know, those hashtags that you gave us and so on. But are there any um, uh, other places, you know, maybe places that you speak into and through uh, that people could look for uh, for more information and to, you know, just journey with uh, you and what you do a bit more in this area? Um, yeah, I, I, I write a lot, but I tend to write for other people. Mm. Um, I write in a faith setting because the church needs to move as well as the rest of society. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I write for an online paper called Christian Today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also write as the Pondering Platypus on my own websites, but that tends to be just about my general work. And occasionally I'll write about disability on there. Hmm. Yeah, It's a great site. Well worth uh, having a look at that. (laughs) Well, there's Pondering Platypus resources as well, Hmm. which for faith-based families where they want to do praying with children. So where you've got children where some have got additional needs, some have not. I write materials that fit for a family with those challenges and helping them in in the home. That Mm. is a fairly new venture. So it's not completely populated with stuff, but there is stuff on there. Mm. Amazing. (laughs) So um, uh, forgetting other things, when I'm looking for what is happening in the wider context, I will tend to go to people like Leonard Cheshire and Scope Mm. and actually look at their research, which is absolutely brilliant. So if you want a good idea of what's going on out there, and if you want to know in a faith setting, yes, it is just as bad in a faith setting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a wealth of, uh, of material out there, then, you know, loads of places that people can get more information about uh, accessibility and inclusion, um, understanding the experiences of disabled people better, knowing how to put things in place that can make a difference or how to, like you say, be a, a disability terrorist to, to, to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. There are lots of places that people can uh, get the information they need to equip them for that. Yeah. And of course, I have to say that if you are a family that has a child or children with additional needs, then the place to go is the Additional Needs Alliance to join up on Facebook. Yeah. Um, It has a a faith foundation, but anybody can join. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We we welcome everyone. And uh, there's almost 3,000 of us there now. So uh, there's a good crowd of folk, isn't there, that are journeying together and supporting each other here. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's so good. It's such a good resource to you know for people to be able to connect with each other and yeah have that resource there and I guess there's so many other resources aren't there in terms of you know books people can read and and information that's out there on different forms of accessibility and what that can look like and we'd love to know from UK um what one change to society would you like to see in the realm of accessibility I've been playing around with words that I could answer this with. Um, I think the coverall word would be acceptance. Yeah. Mm. If I could have a second word, believers. Yeah. That's two, isn't it? That's okay. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely allowed. Yeah. Do you want to un- unpack that a bit for us? What would, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would be interested to know um, what what you picture with those two words but also where you think we're at until now you know there is lots of challenges we're still facing but I think if we look back like also there has been some change and there is some really great positive action so it'd be good to yeah hear what you think about that yeah I I, I tend to think in a, a a very wide context so it's you know we see little pockets of where it's absolutely brilliant mm. Um, so when I say acceptance, it's acceptance that we are there, 
mm. accept that there are rules in place and they need to be followed for a reason and accept that if you employ someone with a disability you do need to provide all of the accommodations and you'll actually find disabled people often far more productive but the perception is that we're not very productive yeah mm. so it's just acceptance of us as any other person but yeah. accepting that we may need accommodations yeah. Um, yeah the other word um believers mm. a lot of people struggle with people not believing what they need and it gets yeah. questioned mm. and it's really demoralizing when you say to someone i need that and they won't give it i mean for example if i want to go to a com um, a concert and i've had to do this recently mm. looking for a conference hopefully next year um I need a wheelchair space. I've had to provide a copy of my PIP report to get that space. Wow. Gosh, yeah. Because I'm not believed. And that PIP report contains very personal information. Yeah. 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 And other places you have to pay for a doctor's letter to get it as well. All I want is a wheelchair space to see my favorite Christian band. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's wow. Yeah, and and it just yeah really sort of neatly summarizes the the situation that so many disabled people you know, find themselves in. And you know, as you've as you've shared with us uh, today, Kay, and, and it's been brilliant uh, to to have you with us and to hear your your stories and and your wisdom uh, as we've been uh, as we've been chatting and just you know just that understanding that. You know, there are so many issues that disabled people face each and every day uh, around accessibility and inclusion and, you know, so, so many negative public perceptions of disabled people. And uh, yes, there are there's good practice out there uh, and there are people that can be kind and helpful. But, you know, there's there's challenges that disabled people face every every day. But there's an opportunity for us all to to learn from disabled people, talk to them, hear from them, understand some of those challenges, be, as you said, those, uh, you know, disability terrorists looking out for opportunities to uh, to challenge and to say, hey, this this isn't right and this could be better. And, uh, you know, we need to to, to all be allies uh, in, in that, you know, whether we have a disability or not or a different disability to somebody else, just to, you know, that, that sense of being allies together and, and working together to make the uh, the world we all live in uh, a, a place where, um, you know, where, where that, that acceptance uh, it, that you've been talking about and, uh, you know, where people are believed uh, and, and and that should just be the, the everyday experience for people. And, and clearly we've got a long way to go to get there. But in in the wisdom you've shared with us and the, the, the stories that have challenged us uh, today, it's been really helpful to, to signpost us to some ways in which we can all uh, take some action and make a difference. So, yeah, Kay, thank you so much for being on the Growing Hope podcast uh, today. It's just wonderful to to have heard from you. Uh, and uh, just thank you so much for, for all that you brought to us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Kay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining Growing Hope Conversations. 
Find out more at growinghope.org.uk.